collaborate all the time collaborate all the time with anyone who will collaborate with you collaborate with them this is max q the podcast by peabody's launchpad office dedicated to demystifying what life is like after graduation Every episode, we sit down with a recent Peabody alumni to get their take on what life is like for working artists in today's world. Multifaceted careers, time management, finances, finding balance between your work and your life. We explore that and more on the Max Q podcast. On this episode of Max Q, we're featuring dancer, choreographer, filmmaker, and movement researcher Rush Johnson. Rush graduated from Peabody's Dance BFA program in 2022, receiving several grants from Peabody, including a launch grant for their show, Making a Mess. Alongside creating widely featured performances, choreography, and dance films, they are the founder of the Confidence Project in Greenville, South Carolina, which provides movement workshops for at-risk youth, and the Collide Movement Collective, an interdisciplinary artistic platform for creative experiments and exhibitions. Rush, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, I'm really glad to have you on as the first dancer we've had on Max Q. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Great. So I'm hoping you could just start off by telling us a little bit about what uh, your life looks like right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from Peabody last May. Uh, we're coming up on almost a year of having been graduated. So. Yeah, right now my life is really exciting. Uh, it's very, very exhilarating right now as I have moved to New York City and become a freelance dancer and choreographer. So constantly taking on new projects, uh, working with some really amazing artists and yeah, moving in that very busy city lifestyle. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm originally from a very small town in, in South Carolina. And so um, it was nice to have Baltimore as kind of like a city experience before moving on to the Big Apple. But yeah, it's it's very busy, but in the best possible way. Awesome. Yeah. Can you do you want to talk about any of the projects that you've got going on right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right now I have been touring a little bit of my own work uh, as well as dancing for some really amazing choreographers. Uh, so I've been doing both the dance and choreography side of things. Um, I have started this piece that I started over the summer, like right after graduation, uh, called Keeping Watch. And that is a piece that is a solo work. And it's, you know, explores my growing up in the South and um, my coming of age and my coming out and, um, you know, what it means to be a non-binary dancer um, and non-binary person uh, from the Bible Belt. <laughs> and, and yeah, so I've been exploring that and touring that throughout New York City. Um, and it has been really amazing and been received really well. I've been programmed in several different festivals and performance opportunities. Uh, and then I've danced uh, on the dance side of things, I've been workshopping uh, a process with the artist Kara Hagen. Um, I've also been uh, in a piece called While I Was Home Growing with this artist. Her name is Lucia Gagliardone, and she's from Vermont, and our piece actually premieres on Friday. So I'm oh, wow. really looking forward to that. Um, those are just a few of the things that have been in the works. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I guess... I. 
So I, I I'm curious about this process of, of getting your piece performed. I mean, what does what does the process of getting those performances look like? Is that something that people are reaching out to you or are you reaching out to them? Some mix of both? It's a mix of both. Um, I would say it's applications in my sleep. Like I am constantly on resources like Dance NYC or um, there, there are others, uh, but, you know, constantly just typing away and applying, uh, figuring out which performance venues are going to be best suited for my work because, you know, not every opportunity that comes along is the right fit, um, either in my eyes or in the, the programmer's eyes. Um, and so that is always an interesting tightrope to walk, but I would just say like, it's been lots of applications. And then, um, I have actually had a couple programmers reach out to me from seeing my piece at other festivals and things like that and say like, Hey, you should consider applying to this performance opportunity, or I'm curating the show. Would you be interested in, in showing your work? So no, that's, that's fascinating. I, I'm curious about this idea of fit though, because I feel like that's, that's so important in universal when you're trying to find places to to share your work um i i think that there's two ways to ask this either i mean have you come up with a process that's grown because i think that this is something you were doing even while you were at peabody a little bit um or is there is there been something that you know you've you feel like this is the way to do it and this is what i look for and, and that's it I really think it depends on the work that I'm trying to show. Like, I actually have a couple of different works. Um, Keeping Watch is just one of them uh, that are kind of in my circuit right now. Um, another one is actually a piece that I choreographed while I was at Peabody called In My Room. It's a shorter solo. Um, Keeping Watch is about 20 minutes long. In My Room is about five and a half. And so, like, sometimes it's as simple as, oh, you know, we're looking for a five minute piece we're looking for a 10 minute piece or something like that. That is something that I look for. Or uh, sometimes they'll have like a theme. Um, for example, I just performed in a gala concert for eating disorder awareness with this company called Born Dance Company in New York. Uh, and in my room deals with a lot of like mental health struggles and it's very tumultuous. And it was just the, like the right fit in terms of theme in what they were looking for. Um, Sometimes, you know, they'll say they're looking for narrative work. Sometimes they'll say they're looking for more abstract pieces. And I just look in my little arsenal of, of pieces that I have that are kind of in my wheelhouse right now and, um, you know, try to submit which would be like the most applicable fit, if that makes sense. How, how did you go about building this, this arsenal then? Like what has been the process of building that, that, um, selection that 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 choice selection of things that you can, you can use and draw from <laughs> totally um well peabody actually had a really big part in that something that i really appreciate about the peabody dance bfa program is the focus on choreography not every school lets you start choreographing before you're a junior or senior in college we started choreographing the second week of school when I came in as a freshman. And so I knew like that was the right fit for me because I am someone who has like the choreographic mindset and goals and stuff like that. So it was just like the perfect fit. And throughout my time at Peabody, I was making pieces. I've made several different solos, several different group works, large and small scale, um, you know, and so through that, I've kind of built this arsenal of pieces. Um, there's actually a piece that I have called Still Life um, that I made while I was at Peabody that involves like 
50 oranges getting smashed on stage. It's really quite the piece, but I still have several dance contacts from when we did that piece at Peabody that I'll just like, I'll submit to a festival and then call them up and be like, Hey, are you free? Like we got this performance opportunity. Um, and <laughs> we love doing it. We, um, we went to, uh, Elgin, uh, Illinois last summer with that piece as well as Philadelphia. So it's really a cool opportunity to like, tour around and do stuff like that with my colleagues from Peabody as well. Awesome. I, I love hearing about how you, I mean, this is like, you're building things for, for your colleagues as well. I guess, is that something that, that you're part of as well? Do you get um, brought into other people's projects or when they're, you know, re redoing or, or newly producing works? Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting, like from our class, uh, the inaugural class of dancers, we kind of went all over the place. Uh, two of us ended up in New York City, um, but most everybody is in a different state um, or a different different places, but we do really lean on each other. Um, for example, I, uh, I have a dance company that I started called Collide Dance Collective. And in that company, I have an advisory board of several artists that I'm just very close to whose work I really admire um and a lot of the like several of those are dancers and musicians actually from Peabody who I met um and who I was able to bring them on board and like get their feedback uh for this budding arts collective which is has been really rewarding and really cool and a, a great way to stay in touch with my colleagues awesome but tell me a little bit more about the the collide arts collective or dance collective what yes. what is the goals of that and what have you been doing with it absolutely so i collide is definitely my like passion project like i love um working with um a, a, a lot of different artists and everything but my who i create work through is this arts collective called collide and Right now, it has been um, mostly a dance company name for me to put my work under, um, whether it's group work, solo work, whatever, um, but just to kind of have that sort of, as we worked through, you know, building your brand and all of that at Peabody, um, it really kind of came together for me to have like a, a body through which I could create my work. But since then, I've actually expanded it quite a bit um, into this arts collective. So, um, we, you know, we're taking on my advisory board, for example, like we have musicians, we have dancers, we have visual artists, we have poets, like, and it's really just a way to bring together artists um, who might not have those connections. Uh, and really, we're looking to facilitate ways for to make cross disciplinary connections, um, and to really facilitate that in New York City and beyond in to like these national like links, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, doing that through dance and, you know, it's tangential arts as well. Um, so I incorporate a lot of multimedia into my work. I consider myself a dance theater artist. Uh, and I don't know if you had the ability to see Making a Mess last year, um, but my thesis project at Peabody was very much a visual arts installation as much as it was a dance piece, as much as it was a physical theater show. So a lot of my work, crosses disciplines and I wanted to create a, a company that could reflect that and that could facilitate other artists being able to, you know, share in those um, connections as well. Got it. Um, so I, going back to Collide, I, I, uh, you mentioned you have a board. I'm very curious about your process of putting that together because I think that that's such an important part of building 
some of these artistic structures is having that kind of um, set of uh, that that set of people who are supporting and also advising and helping just you know give perspective. But um, from that, I mean, is is this something that you're working towards having be a, a nonprofit organization in and of itself? So it's something that I've. I've considered uh, right now we're just fiscally sponsored and that is really good for us. Um, you know, we get the, the benefits of nonprofit status when applying to grants or being able to create tax deductible donations, for example, um, without the headache of being a nonprofit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think in the next five to 10 years, we will definitely make our way to nonprofit status and actually have a physical board um, of directors and things like that. But um, right now it's more of an advisory board. It's more work. I wanted to have more working artists like on the ground with me um, who were able to give their, their personal learned experience to this collective um, and for them to be able to like to bounce ideas off of them and you know as we're you know coming up on new works in the fall um, and things like that like getting their feedback on what hiring practices worked best for you as an artist what you know what kind of calls what kind of outreach are you looking for as an artist and I wanted that personal artist experience to be the voices that were my board starting out yeah no that's that's fascinating I okay uh, so many directions I want to go here, but from what you just said, I I love this piece about you know talking to artists about what they need, um, and I'm curious if that you know kind of is a good segue into talking a little bit about the activist side of of your work, and if that is part of that to me it sounds like a clear connection. You have this this advisory board to try and make sure that that the work that you're creating is in line with with those values, and I'm just if you want to talk a little bit more about that, I would love to hear. Totally, um, I am very much a big arts advocate um, and an activist in the arts world. Um, we look at some of the working conditions that are given by big companies and big um, organizations that have been the industry standard for so long and are just downright unacceptable. Uh, and so as someone who's making work and becoming the next generation of makers, like even some of my friends, like we're, you know, babysitting extra going out of our way to like earn the funds to like pay adequate wages for our dancers um and to be able to have reasonable working hours with breaks and things like that that are all like very integral into what collide is and what I, my work is as an artist we also um are very forward in being um anti-racist, as well as having strong um, DEI connections into who we hire, who's on the advisory board, um, and who we're trying to connect with um, in, you know, in these spaces. Uh, I am also a trans artist and like facilitating a place where trans artists can exist and be appreciated um, is something that's really integral to Collide as well. We're looking at um, a uh, sneak peek for you is that we're looking at creating um, a festival soon um, that features trans and non-binary artists. So that is in the works for probably next year, but um, very, very exciting in, in line with the advocacy and, and um, activism work that we do. Awesome. We started to bring up, I feel like, uh, a little bit of a discussion of funding. This feels very similar to me in a way to the, you were talking about your process for um, submitting pieces to venues and to presenters. And I'm kind of curious about how 
because to me, those things feel very closely related. And I'm curious to do they feel closely related or do they feel very different? And if they're different, how do they feel different? They do feel different. And that's because a lot of times, at least in my experience thus far, I've been applying to festivals and presentation opportunities that are run by artists um, and that are run by you know, people who also have a practice, people who have also lived that experience. Um, and I find, at least in the funding that I've been searching for, um, not all of it is completely run by artists. Um, you know, a lot of it's going through donors and through um, foundations. And so um, I think the point of view is just a little bit different. And who you're talking to, who you're making the ask to is just a little bit different and require different things. And so, um, you know, I'm still new. I'm still in the process of figuring out exactly what those things are. But um, I do feel like I have to approach each one in a slightly different way, uh, just based on the lived experience of the person who's going to be reading my application. Yeah, completely. No, I, I, this is something we talk about all the time. It's like the knowing knowing the audience and the audience is different from just the people watching the show. The audience is different from the people who are booking you. Yeah, I mean, these are all different like angles that you can come at. Yeah, so I, I hear that completely. You, you mentioned um, before we hopped on the call, you were talking about Impulse Tense, which is a festival that you were part of and how that kind of reinvigorated you. So I'm curious about just uh, how, how you managed to keep up the this seems like a lot of work to keep going and a lot of self self-propelled motion that's required throughout throughout to just keep all these you know all these things spinning. So I'm curious about, you know, was that part of that festival part of that? How do you find time to just keep, you know, um keep energized as you're going through and and creating stuff and creating the space to make the stuff too, which is just as important. Absolutely. Um so Impulse Dance was incredible. It was definitely and I feel like I can say this without a doubt is that it, it's the best dance experience that I've ever had in my life um basically what it consists of if you're not familiar is five weeks um it's an international festival largest festival in Europe of dance festival um and you get to take classes from all of these brilliant facilitators you get to um I was in a program called Atlas at Impulse Sense. Um, and so I got to choreograph while I was there and make a 20 minute work keeping watch actually um, <laughs> is what I mean. And, and then also just interact with all of these artists from around the world. Um, we're in a cohort of 40 and um, you know, I was one of maybe five Americans. Like it was very cool to um, just interface with people from all over the globe. Um, and just getting to know them and their artistic styles and working with different processes, it was just amazing. And so even though that experience was like jam-packed, oh, also we were seeing work every night. Like we had tickets to see work every single night from all of these international creators. Um, it was really, really amazing. So we were just going nonstop, just going, going, going. And, um, and still it just, it, it was tiresome, but it was like invigorating. It was just like such an amazing experience to be there uh, and to be able to, you know, have that privilege to be there. Um, and it really did kind of wake me back up. I mean, I, I felt very invigorated from making a mess, from graduating, but then 
something about, I also did not have a job like lined up for me after impulse dance. I, I did my interview for my job while I was in Vienna. Um, but I just went and was like, okay, this is what I'm doing for the next five weeks. This is what I'm, this is what I want to devote my life to. And so let's just see what this opportunity can hold. And um, I've, I've been taking that approach into every process that I've been doing since then of just like, this is what my heart is passionate about. And how can I just fully show up in every rehearsal process, even if it's, you know, late Sunday night and I have to work the next morning, like, how can I just fully be present? Because I've wanted to live in New York city since I was maybe seven years old. Like I, I told you I came from a small town, but like New York city has been the goal. And for a long time it was Broadway and then it changed and shifted into like contemporary dance. And, um, and I just have to remind myself that like, I'm so here because this is what seven-year-old rush like dreamed of. Like, how can I approach being a, a professional dancer in New York city every single day with that kind of it, like energy and, optimism and like how can I change the dance world from within is kind of my my goal in every project I walk into and I think I can really attribute that to my experience in Vienna this summer awesome wow that yeah powerful I so you, you did mention and I'm, I'm curious about this you, your other job is that something that you've you've talked about already or is that something else no um so I also work a nine to five um <laughs> I, um, I work as a admissions counselor for the New York School of Interior Design. And basically I just knew, I knew I wanted to move to New York. I knew I wanted to be um, a professional dancer, but also as we talked about before, not <laughs> that doesn't always pay the bills, especially right away. Um, and so I, I had applied for, I did admissions when I was a student at Peabody as a work study for four years and um, really enjoyed it. And so I was like, okay, what's a job that I can get that I like might have some flexibility, might have some, you know, and can support me as a, an artist in New York City. And so I um, applied for this job and actually interviewed while I was in Vienna. Um, it was like a weird time change. I think I was interviewing at like 11 o'clock at night or something. Um, but, but I wound up getting the job and it was enough of a reason to pack up my life and move to New York City. And and so that has been a really great experience, honestly, because my job has um, a lot of flexibility. I can kind of set my own hours as long as I'm meeting the required number of hours a week. Um, and so if I need to, like, if I have an audition early in the morning, I can go in a little bit late and work a little bit late and things like that. And so that has been such a gift or like, for example, um, I work remote every other week. And so I um, can go on auditions. I can go have studio time. I can be, you know, on vacation working. Um, it's really nice. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's not nearly as bad as what I thought it would be like um, working a nine to five. Everybody's like, Oh, you're an artist. Don't, don't get trapped in a nine to five. And honestly, it, it has been a really workable scenario for me. Like it's been a really great um, opportunity for me to like live and eat and then also be an artist. I, I'm very pro living and eating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that actually, I wanted to ask about this and this I think makes it even more so uh, important or just relevant. It's just kind of, you've got, a, there are a lot of things that are going on. So is there, you know, what are your methods for kind of keeping, keeping, uh, organized with all these things, keep organized with the, the grant stuff, keeping organized with the job stuff, keeping organized with the current performance opportunities. 
um, auditions. Yeah, what's your method? Yeah, I have two tricks. One is my um, planner. Uh, I actually just got a new planner. It's a self-care based planner. And so like in addition to having a lot of space for you to like write, you know, what's going on, what are all the crazy deadlines and things like I have highlight and multicolors and all of that. Um, But it also has a space under every day where you can write your like your mood, how many hours of sleep you got. Did you eat your vegetables? Like, did you take your meds? All of that. And that has been key to like, actually taking care of myself while having 50 million things going on. Um, Cause I have little boxes to check and everything like that. And then the other thing is I have a pretty wicked spreadsheet. Like I started a spreadsheet and it's got a bunch of different tabs on it and it's like auditions um, and then choreography opportunities. So like a festival that I'll submit to like, and I put whether or not I submitted to it, um, a link uh, when it is. <laughs> And then I'll highlight it in green if I got it or highlight it in red if I didn't get it. Um, A list of grants to apply to, a list of dance related jobs, a list of other jobs that are just odds and ends, contacts, uh, sources. So like where I find dance opportunities like Dance NYC, dancing opportunities, um, a lot of those databases where I can book rehearsal space and where I can like residencies to apply to. So it's it's pretty robust um (laughs) but it's a really great like it has helped me stay organized and like actually have a plan of like okay these applications were due this date or like oh i can sign up for this one because i already have this one planned and like all, all sorts of things so it helps me just visualize it's great fantastic uh just a last question to ask here do you have any any pieces of advice that you would offer generally to Peabody students, whether that's dancers or, or any other people in any artistic discipline who are um, going through their time at Peabody? Oh, yes. Uh, collaborate. All the time, collaborate. All the time with anyone who will collaborate with you, collaborate with them. Um, I had some really fantastic experiences collaborating with folks at Peabody, whether it was other dancers um, being in their processes uh, or especially musicians. Like in the In My Room piece that I mentioned earlier, uh, Scott Lee, who graduated from Peabody, did the second half of the music for it. And like, uh, it's cool to like still be carrying that piece of Peabody in my experience and our friendship, you know, through, all of these different festivals that I'm performing in or like um, I did, I uh, collaborated quite a bit with Charlie Reichert Powell, who um, also I I think is in his last year at Peabody uh, right now, but like, I'll still call him and be like, Hey, I really need music. And like, I just really vibe with your style. Like, would you be interested in working on this piece? Like he did the, um, the music for making a mess. Uh, we've also collaborated in some other ways too. Um, and like, I, I could go on, like I have a list of like multiple musicians and dancers that I, uh, collaborated with while I was a student at Peabody. I would definitely recommend taking advantage of that resource. Um, cause it is so rich and it is so hard to find people out into the, the non-conservatory world. Um, uh, you know, more or less, but it's cherish those collaborations and like really make the most out of them is what I would say. And then the other thing is like, don't be afraid to just do 
big things. Like making a mess is something that I imagined one day um, over the pandemic. And I was like, this would be so cool. And I could have so easily been like, yeah, Peabody will never fund that. Like we're a classical institution, da, 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 da. But instead I like put my resources together and made the ask and like was able to get that support for like some pretty avant-garde freaky art um, that wound up being like a, a major success and being really cool. And so I would just say like, definitely go big. Like if you have a dream, like you can bring it to life. Awesome. All right. Is there anything you want us specifically to, to, um, to publicize or you, is there anything you want to talk about that's an upcoming project that we can, we can put on here? Sure. Um, so I actually found out today that I received a commission to, um, create an hour long work in the Brooklyn community gardens. Um, I am indigenous and I proposed a piece about, you know, about land back and about our connection to the land um, and, you know, how returning to indigenous ideals can save us from the current climate crisis. Um, And so I found out today that I received that commission. And um, so coming up in June, um, that piece will be premiering in the Brooklyn Community Gardens. So if you're in New York, come check it out. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat this afternoon. I really appreciate it. And um, best of luck with your upcoming projects. Thank you. In the episode notes, we've shared a link to My Room, one of the video works that Rush discussed in this interview. Make sure to check it out. Also, this is our last episode of our third season of Max Q. We'll be taking a break before starting season four in September. We're also planning out our next season, so if you have a recommendation for a recent Peabody alum, someone you know, or maybe yourself, you think we should have on the podcast, please reach out and let us know at launchpad at jhu.edu.